Football podcast flex of gold. Angelo and Glisa here. I am back from vacation. We are back from our little hiatus, even though we just started. But hey, life happens. You go on vacation, and it's really hard to record while you're on the move. Drove all over the Mid Atlantic, so really wasn't feasible for us to do the podcast. But joining me, as always, is the patient one, Nick Perillo. And Nick, we got some good news on the Wentz front. The Wentz pick might not be a bust yet. Uh well. After, you know, this is how any fantasy season could go after, you know, a couple weeks of deliberation and thinking about it and actually getting into a draft. Um, I don't even know where I would be taking Carson Wentz in a draft now if I actually had to do a real one. <laughs> I'll tell you what, looking at some of the quarterbacks you could get late and just having had my draft, uh, you really don't need to reach for him. In fact, you could probably get him off waivers because it's oh, just... He, he- he would definitely be a free pick. I don't even think he'd be drafted in many drafts anymore unless you have some, you know, 16-team, two-quarterback league. Yeah, so that would be the only time he really has value in terms of, like, you have to get him on your team. Now, we both had our drafts this weekend. Uh, we could probably go through our starting lineups real quick. That will be the news, but I also want to do a quick report to those lucky players that have drafted James Robinson uh, following the Jaguars drafting Travis Etienne, Etienne, Diagnosed with a Liz Frank injury on the shelf for 12 weeks. More than likely, he'll be out for the season, making James Robinson the number one bell cow back in Jacksonville. They still do have Carlos Hyde, who figures to factor in somewhat, but the job is James Robinson's at this point. Again, a guy that you could have gotten in that 7, 8, 9, 10 uh, round range that is going to be a top 15 running back for sure. Definitely. Uh, if you If you had a draft before last night, you got to be salivating at where you might have gotten James Robinson. We did ours last night, and the guy who got him got him so late. He was kind of just sitting there. At one point, he was like the auto pick for maybe a round or two. Just nobody wanted to touch him because of ETN. But really, oh, the, the value on him is insane. And now you're going to see he's skyrocketed up all the boards and all the ESPN cheat sheets. I, I just saw him listed at number 30 overall on an ESPN sheet, 15th running back overall. Which I still feel like is steep for me. I, he was a guy that, with injury, I probably would go fifth. I'm just not high on Jacksonville this season. Especially with how they've looked in the preseason, how Urban's kind of uh, already looking panic-stricken. But you could definitely see where the value comes from. Because, again, he was a very productive running back last season. I don't think there was a game he had less than 10 points in where he started. But anyway... Yeah. Uh, just to break down my starting lineup right now, uh, Lamar Jackson, I did the cardinal sin of reaching for a quarterback. I did take him at the end of the fifth round. I thought I was still getting good value just to have one of those elite top five guys on my team, uh, getting him at the tail end of the fifth, early sixth. Daryl Henderson, love his volume. Joe Mixon, love his volume. Robbie Anderson, I'm buying the Adam Gase's awful takes. I think Darnold and him are going to have a good connection, continue what he did last year. Tyreek Hill, who's my least favorite first-round pick that I could have gotten. I generally try to avoid Tyreek Hill, but was pick 11. Every other running back I wanted was off the board. I like Antonio Gibson, but I felt like picking him top of the uh, end of the first is a little bit steep for me, even though on my board he is 12th. So I I just went with Hill, thought it was better value. Terry McLaurin, Evan Ingram, who I got in the 14th round. He was my last position player that I picked. So, again, getting probably decent tight end volume there. 
Uh, even though he's a guy you don't like, getting him in the 14th is still like, it's hard to hate that pick. Dolphins defense, Matt Prater at my kicker. Uh, I'm very happy going into the season with my starting lineup. I got like some nice start throws. I got like Javante Williams and A.J. Dillon on the bench. Mike Williams, Henry Ruggs, Rondale Moore I took a late flyer on. But overall, I'm very happy with my team. Yeah, yeah, Angelo, I do like your team. I just like the – I mean, I don't, you're, you sound a little less high on Tyree Kill than I would be. I think Tyree Kill is a great option to have. I think he's the clear number two wide receiver uh, in fantasy. And he's still going to be so good and so relevant in that Chiefs offense. That Chiefs offense every year has a chance to be the number oh, no. one offense. It's, it's not that I don't think he's going to, you know – be one of the leader lead receivers on the league. It's just more of a personal preference thing. I don't like draft him on a personal preference. Like, uh, I'll take the points. <laughs> I, well, that, that's kind of where I'm at with him and Joe Mixon and Antonio Brown is also on my bench. So I got all the problem children. <laughs> uh, well, going into my team, uh, we had a keeper league. So, you know, everyone likes to try to keep a running back or, you know, go goes nuts and needs them. I luckily had Christian McCaffrey as my keeper, so I got him at pick 11, which pretty good uh, first-round pick. Fantastic. So I have – yeah, there's a little bit of value with that pick. Um, so I my team overall right now, it's Matt Stafford, who I mentioned. I, I was one pick away from Mahomes. I really wanted Mahomes. I've never had him, and I thought it would be awesome to have, like, just to say I have the best running back and the best quarterback in the league. But, you know, missed on him, so I waited my uh, quarterback out and got Stafford. McCaffrey is my number one. Mixon is my number two. Brandon Ayuk and LaVishka Chenault in the uh, receiver spots. My flex is Mike Davis. I reached hard on Mike Davis, but I don't care. He's starting running back. He produced last year. I think he's going to be pretty good. And at that point in the draft, uh, running back was really slim pickings, and I figured let me just sure up that position. I uh, got Irv Smith as a tight end. I took tight end super late. I think I was the last person to actually draft um, a tight end. Some people were taking their second tight ends by the time I even got to pick Irv Smith. Somebody took Janu from me, sadly. Um, Vikings defense, I didn't draft a kicker. But my bench, I got a lot of guys who I like plug-and-play-wise, like Chase Claypool, Henry Ruggs, Marquise Hollywood-Brown. I got Devontae Parker in the second-to-last round, which is, I mean, I don't know how that happened. But all those guys kind of, I feel like, Two of them at least can step up with Ayuk and Chenault to make two good running, uh, um, two good receivers by the end of the year. So I'm not really concerned about that. And then Michael Carter, Jamal Williams, uh, Terrace Marshall, and Chuba Hubbard. Marshall, I'll probably drop. Kind of just want to see maybe if he can impress a little bit more in camp. Hubbard obviously is a uh, handcuff, and then I like what and Michael Carter is going to have to fight his way through the depth chart. But I liked him coming out of college, and I think Jamal Williams can play a big role in that offense in Detroit. I'm not a big Jamal Williams guy. I want to avoid that Detroit uh, offense as much as possible. I don't think they're going to be good. They're not going to be up a lot where they're running the ball. I, that said, like Williams does still have a role in terms of a team that's going to try and run the ball early. The receiving core with your team was the only part I really had like uh, apprehension on. Your running back room is fantastic. I mean, Mike Davis as your third running back, that's a lot of depth, especially in a PPR league. Like You could kind of rotate him in as a starter or a flex. Your receiving core, you got a lot of those gadget guys, like really high volume upside guys. Like I'm not the biggest Chenault guy, but if he pans out, it pans out really well. Which you could say about like your Claypool and your Rugs and Mark Hollywood Brown. Terrence Marshall's probably the favorite guy I got that you got, just because I feel like in that slot role he can get a decent volume. Like he could go for 800 yards this season. Uh, 
And yeah, I think Irv Smith is one of those guys. I will prefer getting him in my draft. But at that point, when I was looking at tight end, it was just a whole mess. Everyone already had one. I'm like, cool, I get to pick the scraps. It was between him and Cole Komet. I'm still not committed to Evan Ingram. But just for his traits alone, I felt like, you know what, I'm going to keep him off for a week. Let's see how he does and see if anyone shakes loose on the waiver wire. Yeah, I'm, I uh, Terrace Marshall really interests me. He's really my only, like, deep sleeper. It's just so – it's going to be tough to decide who I'm going to drop because – Last year, I had McCaffrey, and I, I drafted Mike Davis, and then I dropped him, and it Ooh. bit me in the ass. So I don't know how quick I want to be to just drop Chuba Hubbard, even though I don't think he's that – I mean, I liked him in college, but I don't think he's that good. But, you know, if the same thing happens last year that happened – like, you know, fool me – you know, what's the saying, Angelo? You know it. For, uh Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me, or something like that. Exactly, and I don't feel like getting fooled twice, so – I might just have to keep Chuba there until I feel like it's safe, but it, you know, it never is safe. Absolutely. So speaking of all this draft talk, this is the first of, I believe four episodes that we're going to be doing just talking about a fantasy draft. So me and Nick are going to be picking teams. We're going to go through like we each own every team here. I will own for just purposes, uh, team one, three, five, every odd number. Nick has the evens and we're going to pick for that team. And we're going to see how the draft shakes out. Obviously, we have our own biases. But, you know, it might be a little bit fun thing, cool thing to listen to What before you draft, thinking, ah, they're drafting this guy way too high. I'm just like, oh, wow, these guys are pretty sharp and they're drafting this low. I will also give this caveat. A lot of times in your draft, it depends on what rankings you're using. So for most of us, I believe we probably all use the ESPN app just because of how convenient, easy, and, you know, branding-wise, that's the first one people will tend to flock to. If it's not that, it's usually Yahoo!, but the rankings are different, and based on those rankings, you could see different guys. Like, for example, if you have Kenny Galladay is a top 50 player in ESPN, we're using Fantasy Pros rankings where he is I – I, he better be significantly lower. I'll be surprised if he isn't. So give me one sec to do that. Find him on here. This is, this is a high-quality content everyone wants. He's at 64, so 15 picks. A full round. That's a big difference when you're going to draft, especially if you're someone that uses auto draft or looks at the top of the leaderboards. So it's important to kind of do your own ranks. You have guys that you're thinking of that you want on your team. Because after those first three rounds where you're trying to get all the studs, I think you want to target the guys that you want on your team that you want to root for or guys that you really think are going to have good value. You don't want to be the guy that drafts. You know what? I guess I'm just going to end up drafting Chase Edmonds. He's ranked 62nd, so I guess I'll take him here. Like, I don't, I don't know anyone that really wants to hardcore root for Chase Edmonds. I know someone who might. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we're using uh, Fancy Pros. They have an awesome tool that is a draft assistant that lets you mark off players that have been picked. That's how we're going to be keeping track. I have a spreadsheet that will keep the teams. Nick, are you ready to do some drafting? I am ready to do some drafting, Angela, after a long hiatus. Absolutely. So, I'm team one. First pick, I'm not going to go crazy. It's going to be Christian McCaffrey. It's just the easy pick to make. He is by far the most consistent and healthy back out of those top guys. Like Dalvin Cook always has injury histories. Yeah, McCaffrey was hurt last year, but we never really think of him as a like injury-prone player. He's got Sam Darnold there. It should be the best quarterback he's played with, which is kind of funny and sad in so many ways. 
And there's not anyone on that team that's really going to take from his touches. It's not going to be a pass-happy team. I, don't, I have a hard time believing that. And even when they do pass, McCaffrey does have a nice big role in that passing game. So McCaffrey, he's going first overall, which he isn't going a lot of drafts. No, definitely. That's the chalk pick, and I think it's the right pick. Uh, I look at McCaffrey as not even a, a running back or a receiver. He's just a weapon. He's just an offensive player, and that's what, you know, a guy who has the potential to have 1,000 yards and a, uh, receiving and rushing – Clear number one pick. So now I'm gonna go. I'm gonna keep it chalk too. I'll I'll go with Dalvin Cook. I kind of like Derrick Henry too. I think it's a lot closer than people might think. But I, I you got to take Dalvin Cook. I just think when he's on the field, he is the better running back than uh, probably Derrick Henry is. The health concerns always a little bit shady, but that's why you might draft alexander madison later in the draft just a handcuff there yeah cook's definitely the one guy if i'm ta- like one of the few guys in this top first round where if i'm drafting him i'm d- making sure i get the handcuff now for a guy like jonathan taylor where there's so many handcuffs it's hard to really decide but with cook there's a clear handcuff you draft cook you take that volume and then if he gets hurt you do make sure you have madison on the back all right so that's pretty chalk now, this is one that I really struggle with because Kamara, Kamara is number three here on Fantasy Pros. Don't know exactly where he is on ESPN and Yahoo, but I want zero parts of Kamara. I am feeling better about him now that Winston looks like he's going to be named the number one quarterback there. I still think that team's kind of a mess. If you have two quarterbacks, you have none. For me, I've gone back and forth with this one too because Dak is hurt. So I think for me, the third overall pick, I'm going to go Derrick Henry. And that's just because even though this is a new offensive coordinator that does have a bit more of a pass-happy background in Tennessee, it's Derek freaking Henry. I mean, the guy is there to be a workhorse. He gets better as the season goes on. He's always better in the fourth quarter. So the Titans are a tough team. Uh, Vrabel is a defensive head coach. Even though the defense isn't great, you figure they're going to be at least somewhat respectable. The offense has some dynamic playmakers with Julio and A.J. Brown to keep the load off Henry so he doesn't face those eight-man boxes. So for me, I'm taking Derrick Henry third overall. Uh, That's where he's at on my board. You You could argue Ezekiel Elliott here if you trust Dak will be healthy. But for me, I mean, I think you just go with the sure thing with Henry. No, I agree. I think that uh, Derrick Henry is um, the pick there. I would temper my expectations a little bit just because I don't think he's going to get as many uh, attempts as he did last year. Maybe not as many touchdowns, but still a viable uh, top tier number one uh, running back. Yeah, the whole thing with Henry is that he had that amazing season last year without having any influence in the passing game. And he still finishes RB3. So you're kind of like, well, even though he's not going to maybe finish his RB3 because he's not involved in the passing game, I'm locking down a guy who's probably going to finish in the top six. And the bottom for him to fall out, a lot of things would have to go wrong. Okay, going now to the fourth team that would be picking. Uh, I'm going to go. We we both talked about uh, a couple weeks ago how, well, we didn't really get in-depth about it, but we mentioned quickly, you know, the situation in New Orleans with the quarterbacks. But I would go, I, I think I'd take Alvin Kamara still over Zeke just because Alvin Kamara, you know, better, I think, as I described, McCaffrey is more of a weapon on offense where you can kind of throw him in the slot once in a while. He's better, I think, in the pass game. That's going to be a big thing for Jameis and Taysom Hill. Uh, I think they'll utilize him more. I would be weary just because if the Saints stink this year, you're behind in a lot of games. Kamara might not get as much use, but 
he's the best player on your team and you got to just give him the ball and put it in his hands. So I think somehow Sean Payton will figure out how to do that with him. So while it is a close pick between Kamara and Elliott, I think I'd take the latter and take Kamara there at four. At the very least, he's going to be the focus of the offense. He is their best offensive player with Michael Thomas injured. Like you can make an argument that Michael Thomas was there. He's their best player because receiver matters a little bit more than running back. But Kamara's arguably their best pass catcher. I mean, you have Marquez Callaway and Traquan Smith as the receivers. Callaway looked really good, but again, that's a very unpro- uh, unproven receiving core. So they're going to lean on Kamara. They're going to lean, lean on the Taysom Hill touches. They're going to lean on Latavius Murray, which is the kind of reason why I knock Kamara, because I feel like if this team goes the route I'm imagining, which is a very gimmicky, kind of like early on Baltimore Ravens offense with Lamar Jackson, where they run the ball a ton and they don't really pass, Kamara's going to have a lot of his touches stolen by guys like Latavius Murray and Taysom Hill, which is frustrating, especially when you get to the goal line. Like Kamara's entire thing was like he scores a touchdown every game. I feel like that's a lot less likely. This this might be a career low for him with touchdowns. Yeah, definitely is a little bit risky, but I still think that he's good enough where, you know, we're also talking about the first four picks. So you can't really you have to expect some catastrophic um you know season to really not be getting any return on value there yeah kamara is my overall player nine in my rankings which i'm still mm. kind of tinkering with so seeing him follow me at pick five i'm taking zeke i think that even with Dak banged up he's much like kamara is going to be the focus point of the offense especially if they have an inexperienced qb this offense has so many weapons the offensive line is going to be better all you need is McCarthy to stay out of the way and let this offense do what it does. It's so it's so stupid talented. I mean, Michael Gallup would be the starting rece- the number one receiver on a bunch of teams, and he's the third receiver for this Cowboys team. So as long as the offensive line stays healthy, so long as Dak can even just be a game manager with his banged up injuries, and so long as McCarthy calls some decent plays, Zeke is going to feast and he's going to have a really good season. And getting him at five when I have him ranked fourth i feel like that's just a huge bargain already oh yeah definitely i think that zeke is um worth it i don't like all the question marks surrounding Dak because we saw how much uh zeke took a hit without having him last year but if you have a healthy Dak, you're gonna get a you know a beast zeke so you know you gotta kind of take him there because right after that fifth slot i think now there's a drop off where you can kind of go in between with running backs and receivers so for my team at that pick I would be taking Devontae Adams here as the first uh, wide receiver off the board. I think that I consider him and Tyreek like 1A, 1B right now uh, in terms of like fantasy um, receivers. He's got Aaron Rodgers back. So you know that that's Aaron Rodgers' guy. Devontae Adams and have a great have a great relationship. And it wouldn't be shocking to me to see another huge season out of Aaron Rodgers this season. Yeah, I really do like Adams, too. He's the one guy I would take in the top half of the first round. He's dynamic. He's explosive. Does a little bit of everything. Can be a jump ball player. Can run some really nice routes. Has great chemistry with Aaron Rodgers. The Cobb thing is kind of concerning. Robert Tunyon maybe a little bit concerning. Aaron Jones maybe a little bit concerning. But, like, last year, they just passed a ton, and a lot of them went to Adams. And I feel like there's a very few reasons to believe why Adams going to see a great target share this year. And again, put up some stupid numbers like he did last year. My touchdowns might come down, but overall it's going to be, I think, a very similar season with pissed off Aaron Rodgers. This is kind of be the big swerve here because this is a guy that I'm a little bit higher on than most. Uh, At pick seven, he's my sixth player on my board. Actually, he's my fifth player on my board. 
Uh, it's going to be Austin Eckler. And it, at first you're thinking, why the heck are you taking a guy like Austin Eckler in the middle of the first round? I'll tell you why. The guy is off-brand Kamara because he's going to be out there a ton like we talked about in our running backs episode. The guy got 20 touches a game, averaged five yards a touch. That's 10 points a game right there. At the running back spot, you could do a whole lot worse. Yeah, he's maybe not the most healthy guy, but he's someone that has always put in the work. You see him put up those workout videos on Twitter and Instagram. A guy I think has a really good motor to him, and that offense should be really fun to watch with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Justin Herbert. He gets involved in the passing game, so he's going to get those PPR points. Austin Eckler at seven, even. like Again, that, that feels great for me. Because, again, unlike Derrick Henry, who's a guy who relies solely on running volume, Eckler's a guy that can do a little bit of all. The only concern you have with him is in the goal line because he's not really your traditional goal line back. That doesn't mean he won't get short yardage touches, but you might see a guy like Justin Jackson come in for him on those plays. I definitely am a big Austin Eckler fan. I think in a traditional draft sense, if I were drafting, I'd kind of be a little weary uh, if I was one of the teams at the end of the round because I think he's a really good bargain at like 11 or 12. I think you almost have like a – like. You know, I consider him a number one running back, but he's not like a backpack kind of guy. Now we're in the tier of kind of running backs who they're number ones, but they're not going to go out and win you weeks by themselves every single week, like some of those top five guys. So I think it's a little bit of a reach. But like you said, if he's your guy and you want him, you got to take him right now, which I do agree with. It really peeved me in my draft. My best friend who I was telling, like, I'm big on Eckler this year. I'm big on Eckler this year. And he was like, yeah, I'm kind of big on Eckler, too. And Zeke was there at six when he was picking and he still took Eckler and because I ended up taking Lamar Jackson in the fifth round despite him because he's a big Ravens fan. But anyway, yeah, Eckler is a guy that not enough people are talking about in any fantasy podcast that I've listened to. I think only Matt Barry, who champions him every year, is the guy that's talking about Eckler. No, but the amount of consistency that he brings, it's definitely a pick that I'd be a little mad if I was at 12, but then I'd also probably just try to be like, oh, you reached on him. But secretly, I'd be like, damn, I wanted that guy. (laughs) absolutely that's why i essentially did i'm like you son of a gun so after the eckler pick i'm gonna go with a guy who i'm gonna go with travis kelsey i think right here is like the spot where you go and you get kelsey some of the running backs i do like but you will be able to on the swing around like you'll be able to pick them up there uh uh, in that eight slot in your second round so you'll be able to get I think a fringe, like good RB one kind of there. And this I think is preference between like Kelsey and Tyree kill here for me, but just Kelsey being in that tight end position makes it way more value. And he's, you know, he's head and shoulders above every other tight end and you're solidifying yourself as having a, basically a gigantic receiver as your tight end. Yeah. Established run laid out this argument for why you should be drafting tight ends early or not at all. And that's because if you have one of those elite tight ends like Kelsey or Waller or Kittle, we'll see with Kittle this year, but like definitely Kelsey and Waller, it's like you're starting two guys against the other guys one. Because ju- the production you get out of those two guys is leaps and bounds better than what you can get anywhere else. Now those mid-tier like tight ends like Kyle Pitts, Hawkinson, they might have their weeks, but on a week-to-week basis, Kelsey and Waller are just straight up dominating players and dominate the position. Having one of them... Again, it's like you're starting an extra player because there's there's no comparison. I am surprised to see fantasy pros that have him down at 14. But, yeah, I would say Kelsey is a fantastic guy in that middle round once those initial running backs come off the board. Yes, Kelsey definitely, in my opinion, has to be 
in a 10 team league, hundred percent, he's got to be a first round pick. And even a 12 team league, I think he's a first rounder. Yes. Uh, going on a guy that has fallen a little bit according to fancy pros, but I think this is right around where I would love to get him. It's Aaron Jones. Now in some drafts, I, again, I did a mock not a week ago where I got Aaron Jones in the second round. Granted, it was early second round, but still got him in the second round. Currently six on fantasy pros, getting, being taken ninth here. Again, insane, insane efficiency with this Green Bay Packers offense. I don't see it just suddenly falling off a cliff. LaFleur has been a great play caller. Aaron Rodgers has a great mind. He knows how to get the most out of his players. Aaron Jones is definitely going to take a part of that. Uh, Jamal Williams is no longer there, so now it's just A.J. Dillon which is perfect for Aaron Jones because Aaron Jones has always been a solid receiving back, but for whatever reason, the Green Bay always won Jamal Williams out there on those passing downs. And A.J. Dillon's not like your typical pass-catching back. I think you could see Dillon more on those short yard situations or maybe on early down just to spell Aaron Jones. But in terms of passing, I think Aaron Jones is going to see a career career high in receptions. I think he's going to be more involved in the passing game. And I think that's getting really good value at team nine. I picked nine, excuse me. Definitely. I am a big Aaron Jones guy. I don't really like where he's ranked as, um, as a fan of his, just, I think it's a little bit high for him, but I think like you said, where you're getting him here, maybe if you got him here at this pick at nine, that's great value there. Um, I think he is a tad bit touchdown dependent, but when you have Aaron Rodgers there and he's and he put up the numbers he did last year, you know what? That's not a bad thing because you know the you know the, uh, somebody's got to be getting in the end zone if and if it's Aaron Jones that fine that's fine and AJ Dillon not a really big fan of his and I think that um, Aaron Jones will continue to um, hold his spot as the producing uh, running back in that backfield. But looking here, uh, uh, going to my pick. I'm going to take a guy who I think is uh, close with Aaron Jones. I love Jonathan Taylor. I think that Jonathan Taylor is in a great situation in uh, Indy. I think that he showed a lot last year. He was my favorite running back from that uh, running back class. And I think he's really going to have a really, really good season this year. I think he's going to get well over a thousand yards and, um, you know, who knows? I mean, maybe they'll try to implement him a little bit more in the past game. I know in college, you know, he did take a lot of snaps, but, I like that even more. Just that, do you know, this guy can work and take the workloads for all those snaps in the run game, man. This is where I'm going to really disagree with you. Taylor's the one first round running back that I look at. And I'm just like, I want to avoid him at all costs. They have a deep running back room with Marlon Mack and Naeem Hines. Hines has kind of always been the pass catcher there. I'm not a big believer in Wentz this season. I, I know you are, but like even before the injury, I wasn't really big on this Colts offense. I thought it would be solid, but like unspectacular. It's a team that's going to put up 24 points a week. You're not really going to get a lot more than that. They're not going to win any shootouts. They're going to win by just being a solid football team. And yeah, that kind of favors Taylor in terms of like game script, but I could see the Colts kind of like rotating all of those guys in. And so he gets a lot less touches than you expect him to. A lot of his production last year came when Mac was hurt. And came at the end of the season where he's playing cupcakes. Like, they had a very soft schedule to end the season. And that's kind of what's propelled him up this far. I'm fine with taking him in the second round. I don't want to use my first-round pick on a guy that has so many warts, at least in my eyes. Yeah, I I just like him more for the fact that I think he's going to take that next step. And just positionally in the draft here, I think that on the swing round, you're still going to be able to either take a, a very good receiver to compliment Taylor or – 
if you really wanted to, you will have another option at, uh, at running back to pair with him. I just think that I like him a lot, so I would take him here just to sure up that he's not going to be taken. Because the other guys, I feel like I'm not losing as much if, oh, I can't get – maybe I can't get – um you know, maybe I can't get uh, Nick Chubb, but maybe Joe Mixon will fold me, or maybe Najee will be there, and I can just take them instead. Yeah, I, I, I could see that. Um, for me, at 11, I'm going to do the same pick I did in my real draft, which is going to be Tyreek Hill. I just think the value at this point, Great pick. my my, per, my personal preference aside, the value here for Tyreek Hill is just nuts. A guy that has the potential to lead the league in receiving yards, lead the league in catches, lead the league in touchdowns. Like he's just so dynamic. There's not a lot of cornerbacks that can cover him because of his speed. And in that West Coast offense run by Andy Reid, they really do get him out in space. And once he gets going, it's nonstop. It's like that one season of Odell Beckham that he set the world on fire with the Giants. That's Tyree Kill every season with even more speed. And just getting him at pick 11, I feel like I'm not losing much between him and Adams. So for me, that five-spot difference makes me feel really good and really smart about myself. And he's shown the ability to go up and catch the ball, too, for a smaller guy. So, I, again, hard to knock Tyreek Hill here, my personal feelings notwithstanding. No, definitely a great pick just because Tyreek Hill, he's got that home run uh, aspects to him. He can go out, you know, Monday night game, you know, I need like 25 points, 30 points. I don't know if I can win. You get Tyreek Hill out there on a Monday night, he can get the job done and get you that amount of points, which is always nice to have just a fantasy monster like that. So uh, I'm going to do the next two picks, correct? Correct, because you have 12, and 12 will wrap around. Okay, so um, looking at the board here, it's it's tough, but I think I'm going to take the stab at Saquon. Okay. I think you're going to have to t- – I mean, th- there's so much to – like just the value there with Saquon at 12. I know there's a lot of concern right now about him for the next couple weeks, but – if you're dra- like on a day like today, you're drafting today for this draft. News can change in good or bad for you in the next, you know, couple days where if it's oh, Saquon's cleared to play week 1, Saquon Barkley automatically shoots up to a top 5 pick. Just to be able Absolutely. to get him at 12 right here is huge value and even like I would trust myself as a manager to manage well enough hey, if he's out for 2 weeks, it's not the end of the world, maybe go 1 and 1 or even hey, go 2 and 0. Oh. And just put yourself in a great position. But with that being said, if you're going to take Saquon there, you got to shore up the running back position. And I would take personally, I my favorite of mine is Antonio Gibson. I would be taking Antonio Gibson. I actually hate that you made that pick because that's again the guy I wanted here at this wraparound. That you what? I want I wanted Gibson on that Tyree Kill team on that wraparound. Oh yeah. Oh no 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 yeah no Antonio Gibson. He's the guy. Nick Chubb, we we know what Nick Chubb can do. Nick Chubb's a very good running back, but I think his ceiling isn't as high as Antonio Gibson's. And, you know, Kareem Hunt's still there lurking around, um, you know, in, in Nick Chubb's shadow. Nick Chubb got hurt last year. I just think Antonio Gibson has a much higher ceiling, and he's a much more explosive player that I, I just want to see what he can do. Yeah, the only thing that's worrisome about Gibson is that J.D. McKissick is still apparently the third down back. But you might see in the times where we'll they're see, like, yeah. yeah, you might see in times where they're trying to score some points that they're not going to take Gibson off the field. The guy, <sighs> the guy was a receiver in Memphis. Like the guy can catch. Don't know what the insistence on JD McKissick is. I guess it might just be to pace him. But yeah, Gibson, the guy is going to get that three down volume. He's going to be the red zone back too. Like there's not anyone that's really going to threaten him in terms of the goal line carries. 
Very solid pick. I think that's a really good insurance for Saquon. Saquon's kind of like, I'm going to take a gamble here. Gibson's going to be that sturdy rock that lets you take a Barkley in the first round. I think that makes perfect sense. And even if you switch them, that's fine. Uh, for me here. Ooh, just a note, for keeper league purposes, you take Saquon second. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah absolutely. Now, this is a tough part because now like we have a guy, Stephon Diggs has fallen. He was a guy that was like I've always seen in the first round, but me personally, I don't believe in it. I already have a receiver. I'm more so in the camp of drafting two separate positions with your first two picks. I'm not against doubling up on running backs. I think if that's the way you're going to do it, doing it, I tend to think zero RB doesn't make sense unless you're getting one of those elite tight ends. Like going with two elite receivers, I feel like that limits your upside in terms of that running back spot because running back thins out fast. So here, man, I think I'm going to take Najee Harris. And the reason being is this. All the other guys, the Steelers are a very tough organization to kind of gauge this season just because they've always been good. Like, they haven't had a losing season since 2003. But also, they looked really bad last season, and that was a team that went 12-4. and But with Najee Harris there, they can run the ball. He's been getting all the touches. There's no one competing for him for touches. That offensive line can't do any worse than it did last season. Ben can't do any worse than he did last season. Hopefully, the offensive uh, corner has a better plan in terms of like developing this offense. But I just think that Najee Harris, he's going to handle everything for Pittsburgh. I would not be surprised if he gets 90% of the carries Pittsburgh has this season. And they're going to be a team that wants to still run the ball with old Ben Roethlisberger back there. So Najee Harris getting a real bell cow there on a better team. Like, again, it depends on how you feel about Cincinnati. You could argue mix in here. I think Chubb is a guy to go to a team that already has an established running back or a team that can be willing to be understanding that he's going to split carries with hunt. So I think that Najee just being like a guy that has no competition for carries on a better run organization. That's what makes him valuable here. Mm, I'm see, I'm not a big rookie, rookie running backs and rookie receivers always kind of throw me for a loop just because I feel like people really take a lot into what happened in college. Like, Najee Harris was a monster in college. He optically looked awesome, jumping over guys. And he was, you know, clearly the best running back in college football last year. And for the past couple of years, he's been up there in the top, you know, top five guys, Heisman, uh, you know, perennial Heisman guy. But I just think that leap from the NFL sometimes can be a little tough. And I think that if you have Najee there, there are going to be some growing pains. So just having him as your number one, I don't love it as much. I know everyone's going to do it because. You know, he's always going to be like a guy that goes one, but I would almost rather take like, I'd rather almost have Nixon, Joe Mixon or Nick Chubb just there as a safety wise. I think, I think Najee, you know, has the potential to be, have some of those breakout rookie seasons like Kareem Hunt did or Ezekiel Elliott. But just for me, I I've told my, it's just a personal philosophy. I told myself a while ago, I don't really like taking receivers or running backs that are rookies unless like there's good value on them later. Fair enough. Well, that's just me. All right, let, uh, look at the time right now. We're already pushing 30 minutes, so we might want to do some uh, quick speed run uh, picks here just, just to get All right. up. We'll get through this then. I am picking for the team with Jonathan Taylor, correct? Correct. Okay. Um, I think you're going to – I'm taking tough pick, toss up. You can honestly flip a coin, but I'm gonna think I'm going to take Joe Mixon. 
I just like having Joe Mixon there. I think he's going to be a monster in Cincinnati. He's got no competition like you just mentioned that Najee doesn't. So I like Joe Mixon there over Nick Chubb. I mean, it's close. I can't really go wrong either way, but I just like showing up that running back position. Completely understandable. Mixon is a very solid talent and a guy that I feel fortunate to have on my team. All right, uh, moving on. I'm picking for the team that's got Aaron Jones. I think here is where I would really love to go with Calvin Ridley. And yeah, Matt Ryan might be a little bit banged up, but Calvin Ridley saw an insane target share last year. And I know I mentioned target share a lot. I think it's my favorite stat in terms of just like, hey, this team passes the ball. Who's getting the ball when it's getting passed to? The guy can do a little bit of everything. He was a deep threat last year. He's going to be running the ball deep. He's going to have a really nice depth of target. Kyle Pitts is kind of going to be the safety blanket, and he's the, actually probably their second best deep threat too, besides just being a safety blanket. I mean, you got Russell Gage there. Their receiving core is like a bunch of solid dudes, and then you have Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts. Ridley is going to have some good numbers this year. They're going to get him the ball in a lot of different ways. Arthur Smith can't, comes from an offense that was really efficient in the red zone, and the play-action offense that they're going to run is going to give him a bunch of opportunity to school some uh, cornerbacks. He's just got a really kind of boring name, and he's on a boring team. So give me some Calvin Ridley here at pick 16. No, it's a good pick. A lot of people are really high on Calvin Ridley. And with that little crop of guys, I like that he'd be entering like, you know, a year where this is like where he takes the next step to being an elite, elite receiver. And, you know, maybe next year you'd see him as a top three option. But I think that's a good pick there. You already, Like you mentioned, you have that short up running back in that slot. So for team eight, this is the team that drafted Travis Kelsey. Um, you know what? I, I think this team, just to be a little safe, I'd take Nick Chubb here just to give yourself a running back because by the time it comes all the way back around, you're going to be really picking at some tough guys to, you'd have to convince yourself that are number one running backs. I feel like this team, if they took a receiver here, they would really have to just double down on receiver, have two really good receivers, Travis Kelsey, and then try to figure it out with the running backs later. Yeah, Chubb is really the last top running back out of these first two rounds. Because after Chubb, it does fall off to the next running back here is Clyde Edelord's Hilaire, which, again, very big difference. Uh, my turn now with Austin Eckler. Stephon Diggs has fallen far enough. This is where I would love to take him here. Again, I think that there's a chance the Bills regress a little bit. I think that the season they had last year is just super unrealistic to expect repeating. But even if they don't repeat it, they're still a very pass-happy team, and Diggs is their number one receiver, and he's going to, again, do a lot. can do a lot of things on the football field. Josh Allen loves throwing him the ball. They already showed great chemistry last season with a short offseason. Hard to believe that Diggs isn't going to be relevant again this year. But starting off with an injury is a little bit concerning. Regression is concerning. But, again, middle of round two, that's a lovely pick to make. Definitely. You, I mean, the, the value is too high there. You, even if even if you don't like him that much, I like him enough to take him in the middle of the second round. This is team six, the team with Devontae Adams. And this is the team where, like I just mentioned, where you're, you're, you're kind of throwing caution in the wind without having a running back. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is there, but I think I'm taking DeAndre Hopkins. I think you have to just, I mean, alone. DeAndre Hopkins and Devontae Adams on the same team. Optically, that's amazing. And I think you can kind of you, – you just got to figure the running back situation out a little bit better. And later in the draft, just take as many running backs as possible, and hopefully, you know, you can plug two of them in. But right now on this team, you won't be taking a receiver on this team six for another two or three rounds. Yeah, so this is where you start – this is a team that you're going to start throwing darts a little bit earlier at the running back spot. Yeah, you're throwing it at the most inefficient area, but so long as one of those guys pans out, you're, you're in good shape. 
Alright, uh, so Zeke's up next. This is kind of like the realm of receiver where I'm a little bit, start to get a little bit nervous because they're less sure things. I think out of all these guys, though, I'm going to take DK Metcalf just because you saw what he did last season. He's a physical freak. It, the team, uh, Seattle, their new offensive coordinator, has shown that they're willing to kind of do the let Russ cook, but for real this time. Obviously, you have a uh, in concern of uh, the coach... Pete Carroll, I just forgot his name. I can't believe I forgot Pete Carroll's name. I was about to say Calhoun. That's not his name. Uh, but you have concern if Pete Carroll start, if they want to start running the ball again. But again, DK is just such a freak. You get him the ball, he does things with it. Um, you, there's not much to say other than DK Metcalf. No, definitely. Definitely a pick that um, I think you'd be happy with. And he's a guy where I, I just like the option of having, you know, you have a top five receiver who – Arguably could be the number one receiver in fantasy paired with Elliott. That's that's a great pick right there. I think he's a tier below that. I would say like the top five guys for me are Adams Hill, Ridley, Diggs, and Hopkins. But DK is definitely someone that's going to finish in the top ten. And he might lead the league in touchdowns though because, again, big body receiver. So here we are at team four. This is the team that has Alvin Kamara. Ooh, 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 ooh. You know – uh, it's kind of a reach, but I think I think I take Darren Waller here. I think that Darren Waller. I, I think that Kelsey's a little bit above Kelsey uh, Kittle and um, Waller, but I don't hate Darren Waller there because I think on your wraparound on three, you can get another running uh, another receiver or maybe like a running back who's eh, like eh, but you can get another good receiver in that kind of tier of guys. They're all kind of similar. Yes, like this from pick 20 to about pick 40, there's a bunch, about 10 different guys you could get that all fill the same kind of role as a low end wide receiver one, high tier wide receiver two. And I don't think you're really missing out, like not taking AJ Brown here, which mm-hmm. kind of puts me in a weird position with a Derrick Henry on my team. I try and not like think about, oh, they're on the same team, they're going to cannibalize each other. But at some point, like if somebody's getting all the touches on one team, that's hurting the other guys. So I think in this case, while I do I th- prefer A.J. Brown overall, I'm just going to end up taking Justin Jefferson so I don't have to worry about the self-cannibalism. Again, you don't have to be a guy that thinks that way. Taking A.J. Brown here is also perfectly fine. Then you're kind of doing that stack where if you know the Titans go off, well, A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry are going to do awesome things. But Justin Jefferson, number one guy in Minnesota, Thielen's kind of getting a little bit older. They're still a very efficient offense, and Jefferson last season was insane. I can only imagine what he's going to do in year two for uh, Encore. Oh, I love that pick. I don't really like uh, the stacking. I don't really like either. Guy in my league last year literally has Clyde Edwards, Lair, Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes, and Nicole Hardman. So he really went all in on the Chiefs. Um, but uh, I don't mind it when it's QB to receiver. That's kind of whatever. But, yeah, like you said, when the whole offense is around it, you're really going to have to bank on them to do a lot. Uh, but shifting over to team two, Dalvin Cook, this is the team that uh, drafted second. I'm going to take Allen Robinson. Never the sexiest name in fantasy, but he's one of the most underrated uh, players in the NFL. Got Justin Fields there, who I believe will be the starter. And even if he isn't, Andy Dalton's good enough to throw to him. I think that both guys are going to try to utilize him and get the ball to him. So I think Allen Robinson there is a fine pick. Yeah, Robinson's a guy that you're kind of betting on Fields winning the job or at least him having chemistry with Dalton, which I don't think is unreasonable. I think Robinson is a guy that really hasn't had a good quarterback since he's been in the league, and to watch him with someone that's even passable like Dalton, that should be an improvement, and he's still been in fantasy relevant without one. 
And here, this is where I will take A.J. Brown with McCaffrey. Just super dynamic now with A.J. Brown and McCaffrey as your first two picks. The dude is just, in, again, he's like him having him and Derrick Henry on the same team in real life should not be allowed. They're both just physical freaks. That Ole Miss receiving room with him and D.K. Metcalf, insanity. A.J. Brown, a dude that's been an absolute stud since he stepped in the, on the field, a guy that I love to get here at the end of the second round. And then for my wraparound pick, man, this is tough because now I already have a top flight receiver. I have a top flight running back. I feel like this is where you kind of can go either way. But with Hilaire there, I think I end up going with Hilaire just because another guy that should factor in the passing offense. Yeah, he's probably not going to do much in the running game because the Chiefs don't run a lot. But when you hear the reports from last season and how hyped he was last season, where he ended up going in the first round, I feel like there is has to be some credence to that and show, like, yeah, the dude's really good. Like, he was a fantastic at LSU. Maybe he gets more involved now with that passing game with Sammy Watkins no longer there and Travis Kelsey getting a little bit older. But I still think in the, at round three, as your second running back, I feel like that's a pr- appropriate risk because if it pans out, well, guess what? I got two guys that catch a bunch of passes on my running backs, and then I have A.J. Brown. So have fun fighting me. Definitely. I think that's the pick to make because if you're some of these other teams looking around here in the top one, two, and three slots, you might be saying to yourself, eh, like, Alaire's the only guy left. So I think if if they don't take him, then every oh, other yeah. team should be in slot to take him. That's another thing, too, like with the strategies. Like, okay, cool, I'm going to take him here because guess what? Now there's other guys that can't get him. Mm-hmm. And now everybody else would either have to be reaching on a running back or just take a receiver. Uh, for the team, too, see where – I don't really want to reach on a running back here, so I think I'd take C.D. Lamb here. I think we saw how you mentioned before, Justin Jefferson, how great of a year he had last year. I think CD lamb was not that far behind him. And if you get a healthy Dak with CD, I know there's a crowded, you know, the mouse defeat on that offense, but that team's built as an offense. And I think CD will be fine. And I think he's a great comp, a great number two to have. Yeah. I had the opportunity to draft lamb. I just got scared away with the Dak reports. I still mm-hmm. think if you're willing to take the risk on lamb, that's a really fun risk to make. And it's a risk. I understand. But for me this season, I'm just like, round three, Dak's hurt. There's a chance that he regresses a little bit. I'm going to avoid it. If Dak was fully healthy, I would be all on board with C.D. Lamb even in the second round. But I'm not going to argue that pick. Next up, team has Derrick Henry and Justin Jefferson. I just like the upside of Terry McLaurin a little bit more than I like the consistency of Keenan Allen. I think that Washington football team is going to be fantastic. Terry McLaurin has been doing wonderful things without any good quarterback play. Not that Fitzpatrick is the best quarterback, but... The guy's going to be throwing down the ball, the throwing the ball downfield a ton, and Terry is going to absolutely feast on that. This should be a very efficient Washington offense. They have a lot of good playmakers. They have a good offensive line. They actually look like a competent football team with Ron Rivera there. So I feel like getting Terry McLaurin here in the third round, I think he's got wide receiver one upside, just being, being fully honest. I think he could be up there with the Metcalfs and Justin Jeffersons. Definitely. Uh, I do believe that. I think that – I don't know. I, I just I, – I like him. I just think that he's still like a guy where he could he could have gone higher, but I think it's – I think it's an okay spot for him. So here's the team for the next pick. We have Kamara and Waller. Ooh, I think – I think this is where this, – this is going to make your break your draft right here. I think I'm going to go with J.K. Dobbins. Okay. 
I just I don't know. I think that you I think there's enough good run of receivers later that I don't really want to deal with take like like stabbing at running backs where I think I'm going to take Dobbins just because you mentioned before how much uh, that Baltimore team's going to run the ball and maybe they're going to get him a little bit more involved this year. So I just like the upside of Dobbins. I know some people aren't as high on him, but I think that you just kind of sure up that, hey, I got a good number two here. I don't like Swift that much. I don't like Montgomery. Chris Carson, we already know what he's going to do. There's not really a high ceiling there. So I kind of think you're all right with Dobbins there. Yeah, I would make sure I get Gus Edwards a little bit later, like around around eight, just because those two guys are always going to be splitting carries, it seems like, until the end of time. But, yeah, I could understand Dobbins here. I, I would say, like, for me personally, I probably would go Keenan in that spot just because then I have, okay, cool, I got receiver covered, I got tight end covered, I have running back covered. I have one of the everything. I'm pretty in pretty good shape. Here I have Zeke. I have Metcalf. I think this is where I take Keenan anyway. Just because now with Metcalf, I feel like he's a guy. While he was consistent last year, I still feel like he's just explosive enough or volatile enough not to be a guy that's gonna get me ten points every week. At least by taking Keenan Allen, that guy should be getting ten points in his sleep. The guy is gonna be super consistent here in the third round. That's what I'm looking for, and I think he still has some good upside if that uh, Herbert really takes a good step forward. So give me a team that's Elliott, Metcalf, and Allen. Okay. I do like that. Keenan Allen, you know, kind of a reliable guy you'll always have there. Uh, two good running backs and elite, uh, one good running back that's elite and two solid receivers. That's not a bad looking team right now. Ooh, this team's six, two, two receiver team. This, I think, is where you're going to, you got to take Patrick Mahomes. At this point, I you're think, saying F the running back entirely. <laughs> I think you're just, you got to go all out here and just say, you know what? I'm going to take the bet. I'm going to try to just sure up the run, the receiver position, and I'll sure up the quarterback position. And then we'll just keep, we'll, we'll wait and see what, what scraps are left after this. Yeah. Again, you can't replace elite talent. And Mahomes, there's a reason why he always goes first, is because he's going to get you 22 points a week, 24 points a week. The guy rarely has a bad game. There, I think there was maybe two games last season I can point to where he maybe finished with less than 15 points. Fantastic talent. Again, I'm not always the guy that wants to take the quarterback early, but for this team, you want to maximize every margin you have against the fact that you're going to be a little bit running back deficient. So you have Adams, you have Hopkins, you have Mahomes. If you could snag like a Kittle here or if you could get one of the next three times like Pitts, Andrews, or Hawkinson, I still think you're looking like a pretty good team, even though your running back position is going to be, uh, let's say, less than stellar. Here, uh, Eckler and Diggs. Man, this is, again, another kind of point in the draft where it seems to fall off a little bit. I'm inclined here to go with, man, so I have Eckler and I think Chris Carson. And that's just, again, I'm trusting that Seattle isn't going to do what they did then the last season and fall off a cliff. Carson is a guy that, despite competition from Rashad Penny, has held onto the job through thick and thin. Super talented, rarely injured is out there on passing downs and that's really what you're looking for with running backs after like those top guys you're looking for okay who are the guys that feasibly could keep that stay on the field guys that don't get taken off like that's the whole thing with chubb chubb you know he's gonna come off the field at some point chris carson really rarely does so getting him here in the middle of the third round pairing him with austin like eckler in my backfield i feel really good about the running back room there Definitely. I think that Carson, not the sexy pick, but you know what he's going to do for you. And there's nothing to worry about there. You know, you know what the, you know what you're getting with him and you're shoring up that running back position. So here team eight, we got Travis Kelsey, Nick Chubb. Who are you going to take here? 
could get could get really weird and take uh, George Kittle, but I think here, I think you take Robert Woods here. I like Robert Woods a lot. I think he's going to get you a lot of catches, which is good. He's got Matt Stafford there, so I'm interesting to see interested to see what they do there. I don't really love Swift and Montgomery that much. You have Nick Chubb. I mean, maybe, hey, I, I like to wait out to round four to see maybe if they're still there. But I think Robert Woods will not be there in the fourth round. Yeah, and you're also betting on that Rams offense, which with Stafford there, you want to bet on. Like, you want to get a piece of the Rams if you can. Like, that's the whole reason why I have Henderson. Henderson, I'm like, okay, cool. I have part of the Rams offense. I feel really good now. Uh, Woods, mm-hmm. I think part of his my other reason why I'm never really high on him is his name. He's just kind of like got that boring name. I'm always bigger on Cooper Cup than I am Robert Woods, even if Robert Woods is the number one receiver. Uh, I do like Cup a lot more. However, going Woods here is completely understandable. Really kind of rounds out your team. Uh, let's see, Aaron Jones and Calvin Ridley. I think I would go here with David Montgomery. And the reason being is if Fields takes over that job, even if he doesn't, He's a dynamic running back. He's shown he's really talented. Yeah, the offensive line isn't great, but when he gets that volume, he's going to be efficient. And while they've brought in some unproven guys, Tariq Cohen's not healthy yet. Tariq Cohen hasn't recovered fully from his ACL. So I still think early in the season you get some good Montgomery games. And once you kind of hear the rumors of Cohen getting healthier or they're trying to, like, split up the carries, that's when you can kind of move uh, sell high on him and move on. I don't think he's a guy that's going to have a lot of value at the end of the season, but I could see him having a nice role to start it off. Yeah, I, I think that they're going to try to run on the success of what he did at the end of last year. But it's, I'd be, it's a team where you're not really um, – as concerned because you do have Aaron Jones there. You're not really relying on him as like your number one running back where, you know, that team that had the two uh, Hopkins and Adams wouldn't be, wouldn't, I wouldn't be feeling that comfortable drafting David Montgomery over a guy like Patrick Holmes. But moving on to the next team, this is a team with Jonathan Taylor and Joe Mixon as your running backs. I think here you take George Kittle. I think this is the right spot for him just because he's the last elite um, tight end out there. And you can start playing around in rounds four and five, getting um, either, hey, you could take a quarterback in round four, or you could get a receiver in round four and five, or even like you make it to round five and some running back slips that you like. I think I like this team a lot because they have a lot of options now between rounds four to six. Absolutely. Tyreek Hill, Najee Harris. Let's go. I, I, again, I do, I'm not a big Swift guy. I don't, I'm, I just have a hard time seeing the Lions being efficient. T- the Tampa Bay guys are kind of scary. Let's go with the guy that's really benefited in the past few days. Let's go with the James Robinson. I know I said oh. I would take him in the fifth, but looking at the guys who are here, maybe you go Daryl Henderson for a little bit more upside, but Robinson's going to get those carries. Carlos Hyde's kind of more than a uh, little more than dust at this point. I th- Again, three down back potential with a playing with a better quarterback. Ideally, that offense is just a little bit better than when they had Gardner Minshew. So let's get some James Robinson. Let's buy into the hype a little bit. Me personally, like it feels like a little bit knee-jerky to have him up this high. He's ranked 39th in Fantasy Pros. You said he's up to 30th in ESPN, but there's a reason for that. It's because he's going to get that volume, and getting volume in the third round hardly uh, can lose you a Fantasy League. Well, if I were Team 12, I'd be licking my chops. That's why I was going to take there at the 12 spot. Just have three potentially great running backs there if Saquon was healthy. Now you got to rethink your pick a little bit here. I guess I don't love it, but I, I guess you take Mike Evans. 
I wouldn't love that pick, but I just think that, you know, he does have the, I think he's got a lot more, he's better than Cooper and Godwin who are sitting there. And even like Julio Jones, I just feel like Mike Evans there is your pick. I don't love it, but you got to take a run of receiver here. Yep. Uh, and uh, you know what? Kind of thinking about it this way, you're getting Mar- uh, Mike Evans pretty much in the fourth round. That's tremendous value. And that will do it for our first three rounds. We did run a little bit long, but I mean, I had a lot of fun doing that. It's a great little exercise if you have someone to do it with. So just to recap, so round one, we got McCaffrey, Cook, Henry, Kamara, Elliott, Adams, Eckler, Kelsey, Jones, Taylor, Hill, and Barkley, your first round. Followed up by Gibson, Harris, Mixon, Ridley, Chubb, Diggs, Hopkins, Metcalf, Waller, Jefferson, Robinson, A.J. Brown. And rounding out round three, Edwards, Alaire, Lamb, McLaurin, Dobbins, Keenan, Mahomes, Carson, Woods, Montgomery, Kittle, Robinson, Evans. Honestly, the Robinson pick for me is the biggest stretch that I think was made in this first round, uh, first three rounds. But like over than that, like that's a pretty solid three teams right there, or three rounds right there. Mm, definitely, I think a lot of these teams, you know, you got a little, you got a little variation in all of them, but. Mm, looking at him i i don't know why i really i really like that hopkins adams mahomes team <laughs> very high upside i'm very interested to see how that draft continues shaking out uh overall i mean as someone that has like tire kill and then a running a couple of running backs i can relate to team 11 overall i i, I think i gotta say that my favorite team is probably the team that's got derrick henry justin jefferson and terry mclaurin i think you have two stud young receivers mm-hmm. and you got a bell cow back right there I, it's hard to uh not like what you got there Definitely. And going back up, you know, all the way at pick two and coming all the way back down to just be able to uh, pick three, excuse me, coming all the way back down just to get two of those guys. I mean, that's that's great value right there. Absolutely. So that will do it for this episode of Flex of Gold. Yeah, we ran a little long, but hey, we, I mean, this was good content. I thought it was real good. Uh, for Nick Perillo, I'm Angelo Lisa. And as always, we hope it pans out for you. Ooh.